Hey everybody, this is Karis Frigi, and this is a daily devotional podcast where I will read a portion of scripture, a new one every day, and then share some thoughts that I've written on it. I hope it encourages you. Good morning, everyone. Today is April 19th. And we are going to read Acts chapter 14 today, starting with verse 1. It says, Now at Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both the Jews and Gentiles with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia into the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. Now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking. And Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them, and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. I love how busy this 
little chapter is that we read. The idea that these men had to go to so many different places. And this chapter is filled with the perils and the persecution and the power of everyday life for the early church. Paul flees from one city bent on stoning him, tears his clothes in another city when they attempt to make a god of him only to be stoned again and left for dead. But he continues city after city doing the work of God amidst sometimes hostile and sometimes hospitable crowds. But the point is that Paul keeps going. And that for us, there's also a key. Keep going. Keep living on mission. There's this verse in the chapter that says, we must through many hardships inherit the kingdom. And the demonstration of that truth are present in this chapter. Why would we expect it to be any different for us? We are not promised a life of comparative ease or a white picket fence and a neat and tidy faith. To say that Paul wouldn't have felt his stoning would be untrue. And to say that his heart must not have raced when the crowds were chasing after him to kill him, to say that his recovery might not have been hard and his spirits at points may have flagged is neither realistic nor is it what I expect happened. The highs and lows of following Jesus are as real today as they were then. We have need of endurance. We have need of encouragement. We need essentially bigger goals than just successful campaigns and warm fuzzy fellowships and feelings. Paul will later write in a letter to the Corinthians that Christ's love compelled him. He was compelled to keep journeying, to stay the course, because he loved Jesus, and he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus loved him. His reward was love itself, and we need that same revelation if we're going to make it for the long haul. Love, lead us on. All the way my Savior leads me, cheers each winding path I tread, gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with the living bread. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I think as I read this chapter and just realized the pace that these apostles were in at um, was demonstrating for us how we ought to live our lives. Not all of us will go city to city proclaiming the gospel, but we are called to run. And I think we're living in a time when people are running here and there, chasing after money, chasing after making a living, chasing after the sports their kids are in, just the pace of life for so many people is really dizzying. And yet these men lived such a purposeful pace. And I love that their endurance was not because they were well received in every place. They weren't making millions of dollars doing these huge campaigns, running crusades. They were making ends meet, following Jesus step by step. And their perseverance speaks to us about how we need to run with perseverance as well, which makes me think of, I mean, you can't really read the New Testament without encountering the word endurance and perseverance over and over. It's almost discouraging how often it's written about, but in Hebrews 12 verses one and two, it's probably a familiar verse for you, but I'm just going to read it. Um, And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And verse 3 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And there is something in that for us today to make sure that when, as we're enduring, we're not just enduring the fluff of life and chasing after vain things, but the reason that we're enduring is because we want to inherit Jesus. We were the joy set before him on the cross, and he is the joy set before us as we race home to him. So I hope that you are encouraged today to keep going and to not be, be weary. And if you are weary, to go to him who is your strength and to be refreshed. Um, just like Paul and Barnabas doubtless had to do so many times, go back to the presence of God and receive the new strength they needed to move on to the next place and to do the next hard thing. So have a wonderful day. See you back here tomorrow for Acts chapter 15.